This episode of the Friar Podcast was recorded at the What Cheer Writers Club studio in downtown Providence. The What Cheer Writers Club is a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators, including us, the Friar Podcast. You can visit them online at whatcheerclub.org or stop by the club headquarters at 160 Westminster Street, again in downtown Providence. Hello and welcome, Friar Town. Today is February 7th, and today we are joined by the pride of Ghana and former PC great Ben Benzel. I am Billy Ritchie, and this is the Friar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Friar Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Billy Ritchie, here at episode 27. Joined by an absolute friar legend. I was just chopping it up with him prior to coming here and recording. Had a 42-point game against Marquette. Had a really big game in the Big East tournament. We'll obviously always remember that Villanova loss, unfortunately, with the Ryan Archie Diagono play. But man, but man, this 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 gentleman's career as a friar was special. Um, a lot of big point performances, a lot of double doubles, a lot of clutch games. Big East most improved player, all Big East, you know, 2015-2016 season. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by Sir Pablo, Ben Bentel. Ben, yes, sir. welcome, to the, yes, welcome sir. to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glad to be on here. So let's let's kick it off with, with, with your early life, Ben. Let's Because obviously the fans know a lot about you, you know, when you came over to Providence and you committed. But let's talk about, like, you know, growing up in Ghana, you know, you're, 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 you're proud. Um you know, from growing up in your heritage in Africa um, and the role soccer played in, in your life, in your early years, like it wasn't always about basketball for you. No, no, obviously not. But, uh, you know, basketball wasn't an easy means to come. It wasn't like, you know, in America where there's like outside courts everywhere and all of that. But, you know, there was always an open land somewhere that we can always play soccer, you know, put two little, you know, posts down and we made a goal ourselves at playing. Soccer was a big thing. It was easy for us. It's one thing that we all connected towards. And, you know, I loved it. It was great cardio for me, great footwork. And, you know, it was a way of, you know, exercising and enjoying time with my friends. Yeah. I mean, you could tell when you came to Providence, you had some great footwork. <laughs> like, like for a big guy, we've had some guys come in and they had stone feet. Like you, you, you had, you had some very good footwork to start. And, um, you know, you just have a lot of pride in where you come from. And I, I know yeah. that, like, you've had, you know, there's an artist who wrote a song, you know, Ballin' Like Bento. Like, yeah. you, you obviously have, like, a really big presence from where you come from. Like, what does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot because, you know, growing up there and not having everything, uh, single mom, you know, uh, five brothers, and, and then my mom just, you know, working as hard as she worked to make sure she put food on the table, you know, one meal a day, but he was, she loved us as much as, you know, she could give us. And, and it was, it was just a motivation, just, you know, whenever I got the, ch- I got the chance to step out and do something and better myself, uh, I could never forget where I came from. And, and Ghana has been a, a big part of me, you know, uh, as a, just not only representing myself or my family, but representing the whole country itself. And we've got a lot of people that look up to me now and 
you know, our fans and me and all that stuff. It's, it's just it's just big to me. And, you know, one thing I always want people to know, I can't, I can't anytime somebody wake me, I, I can't wait to introduce myself that I'm from Africa, I'm from Ghana. I can't wait to talk about my country and stuff. So, yeah, it's a big part of me. I'll never forget on draft night, your suit, <laughs> just when you flash the – and you flashed the inside of the jacket, like that, that you were so proud to like, you know, represent your country. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was a dream come through, you know, because at the end of the day, a lot of people entered the draft and only 60 are called. So whether you're the first pick or you're the 60th pick, your name was called. And it's a big achievement for personally me. And then my country was all behind me. And, you know, to be the first Ghanaian ever to do that, it's, it's, was big. It was big for me, and I was, I was proud that I, I couldn't go on a stage like that without having my culture with me, having what made me who I am. With me. It was really cool. So let's talk about you know getting your start in basketball, coming over to America, your host family, like that sort of transitional process. Like you know, it, it had to be had to come with some ups and downs. And I'd just be curious, and I'm sure the listeners would love to know, like you know, what is that process like? That process was tough, especially with me being a mama's boy, you know, lived all home since I was 15 and I had to move. I had the opportunity to leave and I did. So to better myself, I, that transition was tough. Like not being able to see my mom every day, not having my natural, you know, cultural food, you know, the very organic. I still think American food is still too processed for me, but, um, you know, that was tough. And then moving in with my host family and, you know, trying to adapt, you know, even though they took me in quick as they as their son. And, uh, but it was different. You know, they had their own children and I had to adapt. I had to learn the culture here, how to go about things, how to ask for things, how to maneuver my way around, how to even like school, how to prepare for school, how to, you know, a lot of things, but the transition wasn't easy. It, it was tough like that. That first year, especially the first maybe six months, was very tough for me. Yeah, and you're you're not wrong on the food front. We eat a lot of junk and processed food. Oh man, that's <laughs> like every every time every summer when I go home and I transition from these. Well, I mean, being an athlete, I'm yeah. supposed to eat healthy, but it's still junk to me. But uh, when you go home, when I go home and I get like the real organic food straight from the farms and, you know, cook right and then nothing that's processed out of nothing. Like, it's just like, oh, it tastes different. And then it messes my stomach up because I'm just all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, it, take, it, take, it takes a transition to go from one to the other. Oh, man. But you know me, I can't wait. Every time I get home, they be like, take your time to ease into it. But I just can't wait. I'll be like, nope. I'm dive right into it. Amen. I did the same thing. So let, let's talk about your high school career at St. Andrews. Um, you know, great, great school, um, great pedigree. And just the recruitment process in general. It's like, so you're playing multiple sports. It's like, you're, you know, you're, you got soccer, like soccer still a big part of your life. You got basketball, yeah. you know, you're going to start getting recruited by big schools. This is a lot all at one time. What did you, what did you think of, of, of that? Uh, it was, it was, it was, big for me like St. Andrews is was, was a big part a big change in my life because my first year I went to Haverford and uh when I transferred out to go to St. Andrews it was uh Terrell Myers he was my high school coach and my AU coach at that and my brother host family in Austin 
uh, the Tillman's that also wanted to win there. So we mm -hmm. wanted to, we played on the same AU team, so we yeah. wanted to still team up. But going to St. Andrews, you know, it was perfect for me because I was in boarding school. I felt like I've always, you know, kind of been a kid I've been on my own, you know, like I was, I don't know if you know the culture about Africa, uh, Ghana, basically you, you're supposed to grow up at a very young age, you know, 11, 12, you kind of like, you got to figure some stuff out. Mm -hmm. So I was on my own since I was like 12, 13, you know, and I, I'm not a person that I like my space and I don't like bothering people. So I think that's one of the reasons why me transitioning uh, was a little tough because I had a host family. I didn't want to be in the way. Yeah. I didn't, you know, but um, yeah, so boarding school was good for me because it was like, I'm in boarding school. I don't, I don't have to be home to bother anybody. I got my own space. I get to have the gym and uh, all of that. And But the, the, the recruiting process was, was fun for me because when I started playing ball, I'm going to tell you a funny story. My sophomore year, uh, legendary Jim Behan came to uh, see me work out in my high school. I think he went to see somebody else and he stopped through because he knew my high school AU coach, to remind us who was. So he, you know, he came and he saw me work out and, uh, and he told me it was a Wednesday. And he told me, oh, he will be back around that way Sunday. And because we had told him Sunday, we normally play pickup. So he could see how we normally play. But he was like, yeah, Sunday, he will, he will come through, check my hand, and left. And so in my head, that was my first coach. Yeah. So I'm it's like, a good start. oh, man. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> like, yeah. All I could think of was Sunday pickup, Sunday pickup, you know. And he never showed up. So. I asked my coach, like, I'm like, over oh, Terrell, why didn't, why didn't he show up? And Terrell told me, I don't know if he was lying or whatever, but Terrell like, man, he said you suck. Oh, so then I'm like, I was a sophomore, so I'm like, yeah. for real? He said I suck. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't even say that, I just worked. Fast forward, my senior year, we had a kid that was a junior, Miles Stevens. Uh, he was, uh, Syracuse was recruited him. So he was uh, invited to the elite camp. So we drove down with him just so he can, um, and then uh, I went out there and they saw me and I'm sitting there just watching them and they yeah. come and call me like, coach, I want to speak to you upstairs. So I go upstairs, he's like, how you doing? I'm like, oh, coach, I'm good. And he told me if I had another scholarship for your class right now, I would give it to you right now. And I don't know why I did not offer you. I don't know why I did not come after you like that. But and I'm like, man, honestly, coach, you you motivated me because I want I wanted to prove that I don't suck. I wanted to prove that all those guys that y'all had ranked over me were not better than me. So that was one of the things that was always my motive. And when I got invited to all these camps and so called, oh, he is. The number five, number yep. six, power forward in the country. He's this that I am at your neck. Like I was letting everybody know what it is. So the recruitment part kind of blew up for me because when I went to these camps, top one hundred camp or the uh, Reebok Elite camp, Nike Elite camp, I did not play around. Like my rankings 
move from, let's say I would go in like like a top 100 camp, I, I, I went in, I think I was like 72 and then I left at like top 20. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, you know, I wasn't playing around, but little that a lot of people didn't know, um, my sister was already going to Providence. I knew I wanted to go to Providence. You know, but Providence wasn't recruiting me. That was the thing. DC wasn't recruiting me. Uh, it was recruiting, uh, uh, I think his name was Abdul Malik at that time. He ended up going to NC State. Yep. But yeah, the Providence. I remember like it was yesterday. Big. Yeah, Providence was recruiting him at that time. And uh, I never brought it up, but I think everybody also kind of knew. You know, when I had my final schools in UNC, UConn, uh, Georgetown, uh, Miami, everybody kind of thought I was either going to lead to North Carolina or Georgetown. You know, I was kind of leading to Georgetown. I ain't going to lie to you, but yeah. I, was, I was like, I haven't seen no offer from Providence, you know, whatever. And I was telling my sister that. So when... Uh, we had a, it was called, it's called Live in, Live in AC in, uh, in Jersey. It was an AU tournament. It was playing against Expressions. It was me and Malik mm-hmm. in the finals. And I think Coach Cooley was there. Coach Leander LeFleur was there because they, they came to see Malik. And dog, I went to work on him. <laughs> so, uh, so I think Coach Cooley had, you know, because they all thought I was going to, but they had it really. And Coach Cooley was like, yo, why wasn't we pressing on him? You know, like, so I asked my coach, Terrell, like, yo, why, why did Providence never offer me? Like, I think Providence is cool. And he was like, you like Providence? At that time, a very good friend of mine from, you know, you know me living in Philadelphia, um, you know, they had, I'd be, I'd be watching. I knew they had. Bryce, I knew they had Chris and Dante and all of that. So I asked my sister, I'm like, Terrell, why, why Providence never really recruited me? And he was like, they have called, like, I'm, you know, I didn't really. I'm like, man, I'm interested. Like, I want to visit. Literally, I said I want to visit. They said a visit up there that weekend. It was, I think, uh, Midnight Madness weekend. Mm-hmm. So I came up that trip. I actually went. To spend a lot of time with my sister. A lot of people would be like, where was you at? I'm, I was just walking around. I was with my sister. I did not want the coaching staff to know my sister was there to use that to like recruit me. You know, I wanted them to recruit me straight up what it is. I went out there, had a good time with the guys. I knew the whole time I was going to go to Providence. You know? So when I, when I went, and uh, but before the, the visit, after I had told my coach, that you know, I'm interested in Providence. The next day, Coach Cooley was in my campus. Like, I'm in my room. They was like, yo, man, you have a visitor. I'm like, man, what, what other coach again? <laughs> it was Coach Cooley. I'm like, this, we talked. And they ended up like Cooley and I went to school together. Like, this dude, every other day, he would come and visit me. Every other day, he would be like, I was around then and I stopped by. You know, I'm trying to. Like, you know, I got minutes for you. But one thing I liked about him was, you know, then you could play 10 minutes 
oh, you can play 30 minutes, you know, and you just got to come in there and earn it. And with your position, I already have a senior who's the captain of the team, Dante Hinton there. Uh, so he's going to be his backup. He's my guy I trust, so at least he's going to play 30 minutes. So there's 10 minutes on the table, you know, which I was like, man, I'm getting offered. I got 30 minutes solid at Georgetown. I'm getting offered as long as I can play in Miami and all of that. So I was like, man, we're going to – all right. But my sister, I wanted to be around my sister. So I'm like, we're going to figure that out. I know Chris, uh, had a, you know, elite point guard, which is always good. So I had, I was lucky I had coaches, like my uh, high school coach, Sarah Myers, he played in St. Joe's and he played professionally. So he always, he also knew what importance of having a very good point guard is, especially a point guard that's on the, you know, national radar. And uh, I was like, cool. So I think after match madness, I came home, Cooley came to visit me and I called him and I'm like, you know, send a letter, I'm coming, you know? so. Uh, it was huge. You know, he called me again after I signed. Had a good, you know, good convo. Like two, maybe four days later, he came physically to visit, brought me Providence gear. So I was like, you know, I was on campus wearing all Providence gear. You can't tell me nothing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I had committed. So it was it was a shock to a lot of people when I committed to Providence. A lot of people thought you thought I was going to Georgetown or UConn, uh, but that 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 process was cool. But and then also when I came on my visit, my host was of course Ledante, and uh, man, he he showed me. I was I was when I came in. I was he was like I was the first recruit that came in that wanted to play pickup. I did, and I was like, man, I brought my shoes. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, let's play. So we play, whatever. And, you know, he made sure I had a good time. And so the bond was there already, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, my recruitment part was, was lit. It was good for me. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, and that may be the most unique recruitment story to Providence, simply because we're usually able to – we usually offer people early. And it's interesting in this case that, like, it seems like it was just meant to be. Yeah, like, I was like, like if if let's say I wanted to go there and, and they didn't have a, they didn't want me, it would have been different. But I was glad that their main number one guy they wanted to go at, I killed him. So they were yes. like, when I said they thought I was interested, they were like, okay, like it, it has to make sense, you know. So um, but, and and, you know, and being able, that, yeah, and, yeah, and being able to to just you had Ladante from day one man that dude man you're gonna get to him. that I, I don't know where my life would be without Dante. but um yeah that recruitment process was, was was pretty solid for me so let's talk about two things what you thought about providence is like a city and like a place initially because it's kind of a quirky place and then the bonds you were building with Chris LaDante Jr. like right away. It seemed like you guys were really close. So when I first came in my freshman year, um, I don't know if you know, but I'm like, I'm kind of a little smart. 
you know. So I wanted to do everything. When I was in high school, I was an RA. I was involved in all of this. So when I came in, I was like, you know, I want to I wanna see if I can run for a freshman class president. I, I think I remember that, yeah. And Chris and LaDonta looked at me straight in my face like, no. I'm like, what you mean? What you mean, no? So we had our we had our slogan. They were like, we are not student athletes. We are athlete students. So I'm like, yeah, these these people like they on a they on a different mission. And you know, as you know, it's five freshmen that we came in. So LaDonta, uh, after practice one time, he goes, Yeah, what you doing? I'm like, nothing. He's like, come with me later. Uh, we're going to go to the VPs, Van Patten's, you know, which also ended up being my host family now, my family now, because I, I live with, uh, so, because VP was our trainer at that time. So, the VP had the pool in the summer. He was like, you know, cause I was the only freshman. LaDante brought around. So, I come in. LaDante was cool with me, him, Chris. Chris always, Chris just always knew of like, Kids kept telling me like, man, you ready. You just, you just look like you ready for some, you know, some crazy shit stuff. You know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you ready. Like I could go to war with you. Yeah. Junior, but junior is a goofball. But, uh, <laughs> you know, junior was like, I finally got my African brother. <laughs> was just, you know, but that was the crew. And the bond was so, was so tight. Uh, but the funny thing I will fight, the doctor was cool and all. We played pickup all of that until first official practice. Man, the dude switched up. Real quick. First official practice, dude wasn't smiling with me. He wasn't playing around with me. Hit me right in my chest. I'm like, oh. It's like that. that now that's how it is. Mm-hmm. So it was like, no, but we was going added that practice and coaches was like coach Blaney always used to be like it was just tough like saying you and LaDante go and then him being a senior and you being a freshman and I'm like man I just don't back down like mm-hmm. there's blood that's running through him the same way blood running through me so um but the dude was LaDante was you could tell he was mature he'd been there he'd been in big games he was coming back as a champion so mm-hmm. he he know what it takes. And it was just little things that he was using to beat me and he was teaching me, you know? And that bond was just like, I was the only freshman out of the freshman crew that they would legit come to my room. Like they would come to freshman dorm and then walk in my room just to disturb my peace. <laughs> and, and that that just went a long way because they, they, they knew I wasn't about no, no bull crap. And, uh, um, I was the only freshman that didn't start until the ninth game. Everybody else started within the nine games. Everybody else has started or was a starter. I, I didn't until we played Kentucky. It's and, quite the one to walk into. Yeah, so that was the one that, and I said to myself, God, sham God told me, how do you feel when your when your name was introduced with the first five? And I'm like, it was unbelievable. And uh, Rep Arena felt like that. And he was like, well, you should keep that. You should you should want your name to be called every time you start a lineup. So I was like, yeah, all right. 
I am not giving up the starting spot. So I played that game, played well in the practice. I think the next practice we come to practice. And we was practicing, and the coach go, let me get the first five. So, you know, the first five, they walk in, and then Tyler was going, and then the coach was like, no, 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 Ben. So that's when I was like, yeah, you know better, put me in. Because there was no, he was like, LaDante had the four. I played the four. LaDante got to be on the court at least 30 minutes. Right. I need to play more than 10 minutes. I got to find a way to put Ben on the court more than 10 minutes. So we had to push LaDante out of three, you know, and I had to play the four. So that was, that was good, good for me my freshman year. And then like having Chris, he was unbelievable, like unbelievable. And then Chris, Little things that a lot of people didn't know, and I'm gonna blow his cover right now. He 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 says he's gonna kill me. <laughs> Chris had selected few people that he liked to pass to on the court. If the ball is not going to Ladante, if he's not shooting it, it was me. It was either, yeah, I mean to pass it to Ladante. That's automatic. 80% of the time I gotta pass it to Ladante. I'm going to shoot the rest if I don't. And then, Ben, Junior, Rodney, you know, like. But Chris didn't. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't like that. He, he, just, he just had his, you just got to earn his trust, his loyalty and, and all of that. And like those guys, honestly, like honestly to God, I don't know where I would be at without them. Junior, like. His hustle is everything. The Dante, just the big brother mentorship. Um, Chris, you know, like just him being able to just pick up the phone and call me on FaceTime, just just to goof off. Uh, us sending a group text that we all in the group and just talking with each other. It, you know, we don't have that bond with some of the teammates we had, like, you know, yes. I'm cool. You know, the teammates, if I say, yo, we was teammates, I would say hello, but those guys are the guys that they know I'll give the shirt off my back. Those guys that I plan, I go vacation with. Those are the guys I plan my summer around. Those are the guys I want to be around in the summer. Those are the guys when I'm having a tough time, I'm injured, I'm going through a rough patch, I call, like, or just text them what's going on just to, have them tease me or say something for me to laugh just to get, you know, my mind up. But that brotherhood is something that you, you can never break. Like, it's the most important thing. I would say the best thing I got out of going to Providence College. Got brothers for life. And with Chris, Chris had that, because you know, he grew up playing in the schoolyard. Like, he had that next level gear where he was like, he was playing for his life, right? And it's funny you mentioned that because I could see it at points where it's like, because he was so zoned in and because he was just at another level mentally, like his motor was so high that he was looking for guys who were at that same level every time when, yeah. when, when you guys were playing, like that's the type of guys that he wanted to be surrounded with. Chris, Chris made me, Chris and LaDante made me, when LaDante left, when he graduated and he left and he came back as a pro and, you know, I came out of nothing. So when Bud came and he took us to go eat, we went out, paid for the bottles, 
you know, he dressed good. I'm like, man, I want that. Like, yeah. you know, he's a pro. He's getting money now. Like, yeah, I want that. And then also having Chris made me understand, like, man, some of these people are here to go to school, fine, to have fun, enjoy college life. This dude is here to feed his family. Hey, man, he's not a mess. That's the life I wanted to live. So it turned into, yo, you are trying to, as of now, excuse my language, but as the crew, me, LeDante Jr. and Chris, we have our slogan, and it's don't up my money. And that's, I say that to Chris, Chris say that to me. So it's like, that's every time we leave in the summer, when we both, we all get to the season, get into whatever we say out, we say our slogan, yo, don't, don't F up the bag. We know what it is, so. Well, it's no coincidence it that, was, it's no coincidence you guys all ended up pros. Even, even like, you know, ju- Junior, Junior ended up a junior pro. Play, junior played pro for his first time, so. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, something that, that slogan is like, in my house is there. Don't F up the bag, like, don't, you know, it's, it's our thing, so. Um, but yeah, that that mentality, Chris. It started with Ladante and then Chris. Chris kind of instilled it in me, and and then also like that sophomore year, um, it was it was a lot personal for me. Uh, a lot of people didn't get it because my my the freshman year when I didn't win the biggest rookie of the year, and I lost by one vote. Mm-hmm. McDermott. Coach, Coach McDermott apparently voted against me, uh, but <laughs> I took it very personal because I was like, man, like, why didn't I win it? Because I thought I'm supposed to win it. Like, mm-hmm. So that was that was on the back of my head. Um, and then when freshman year I came in, Cooley went to the board and we was talking first meeting and he told us, Straight up, Chris, LeDante, give them the ball and get the hell out of their way. Sophomore year, he came in and he put on the board, who are we, you know? Yeah. And he goes, uh, as of now, they said Providence College, it's a one-man team. It's Chris Dunn team. I'm sitting there, took it very personal. Like, did they forget what I did last year? As a true like, freshman. Yeah, like, no, this is not just Christine. No, I'm here. Like, so I took it very personal because I wanted to assure them that, like, Chris is unbelievable, but I'm here. Like, so, and then it came to, like, the third practice or something, and then Coach Cooley came and called me, and, you know, he was like, Ben, Chris? Give them the ball and get the hell out of their way. So it was like, oh, yes, that's what I wanted. And then I got it. So that Chris gave me this mentality of, man, this is how I'm going to feed my family. I don't, I don't see this as, as fun. So when I get on the court, it's like you in my way of making money. You know, you in my way of my mom suffering back home. You in my way of my brothers not having what they're supposed to have. So there's no other way but to kill you and not do it nicely. I would legit put my elbow through your face. I don't care. But it's just, it is what it is. And that mentality 
changed who I am because it was like we I used to come to practice and like freshmen would would miss a shot or something and I was screaming straight up, he's not ready. He he he's not making it better. Like, you know, so it was and then also being the first sophomore ever to be a captain of a team, like it was you can't I can't be a sophomore and be a captain of the team and not lead by example. You have that intensity and you had such a presence when you were on the court that you were going to make it happen no matter what. And, and it was, it was, it was really like, you know, I've been a fan my whole life and there was a certain amount of, even when you first, even when you first came in as a true freshman, right. You had that sort of like, like electric feel when, you know, you'd finish a dunk or like you'd, you'd take a three, like, like you could feel the energy you provided from those shots. And there's a lot of, you know, true freshmen, sophomores, who just don't have a presence to them when they make those big shots or when they make those dunks, right? It's, it's kind of like, it's just like they, they go through the play, they finish it, they go back on defense. It's like when you guys made plays, like you could feel it. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was our thing. And it was like, I played I play through, play through my emotions. Even though uh, Coach Blaney always used to teach us no emotions, you know, uh, play, no emotions. But, but play through your emotions. So it was like I've always, I've always been known to be a, you know, high energy player, and 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 I and I feel like my teammates feed off that. And even being a freshman, you know, when I was a freshman, uh, that biggest, uh, biggest tournament, uh, freshman year, we was about to play St. John's. Mm-hmm. It was Madison Square Garden. Dante was my roommate, big bully. Uh, and he comes in the room. This you can ask him this story. You know, it was the craziest story ever. He comes in the room. I'm laying there. He goes, "I've been starting since all that. I've been starting." He goes, "Coach, you don't want to start you tomorrow." Went, what? What? You mean he don't want to start me? Because it's the biggest tournament. It's a big stage. Coach don't think you're ready. He, he think you're gonna panic. I'm like, what are you talking about? Said, yeah, <laughs> that's what coach thinks. So he called me and asked me, and I'm like, nah, just give him a shot. So, you know, but he still doesn't know if he's going to start you or not. So I don't know. You might not start. I'm like, what? Yeah, all right. Ended up having a double-double. And after the game, he was like, coach never said jack shit. I just, I was just playing with you, see, see if he was ready. And I'm like, but don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Do not do that. Because That's... I was ready. And and if I was quite remember the game against the look, I was the only freshman that played a, a lot of minutes. I don't even think I came out that game. So like uh that was that was big to me. And you know, what other places uh to perform than Madison Square Garden the biggest tournament, like, you know. But yeah, but Chris LeDante Jr., very special to me. Very special to me. And that's why we 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 always stay connected. You know, no matter what, like we always gonna be them guys. It was, it was a very cool bond. You could feel it as a even as a fan. Um, let's talk about a couple things. Let's talk about your relationship with, with coach Cooley. And, you know, obviously he's beloved around Providence. Like, you know, I'm from the area, like comes from South Prov. Like he, he just kind of breeds everything that like, 
you know, a Rhode Islander and like, you know, somebody local to the city should kind of stand for. And it's, it's just been, from my perspective, amazing to see his, you know, how he's taken this program from, you know, kind of mediocre and kind of forgotten to where it's supposed to be and, and something we're so prideful because it's like our, it's our professional sport in the city. So talk about your relationship with Coach Cooley and like, what were some of the expectations also going into that 2015, 2016 season? Because you had a lot of returning, you guys had a lot of returning guys. Well, that uh, first time I had met him, he came to my campus in high school and we talked, I, I, I felt it. Because he told me straight up, you know, I was homeless. I worked my way up to where I met. And I'm not about to sit here and tell you, I'm about to give you 30 minutes tell you, like, no, you're going to earn every minute you're going to play for me. And, but I'm going to love you, you know. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm not going to BS you. I'm going to make sure if you, you're doing the work, you're going to get rewarded for it. So I like that. I like that challenge because, you know, the whole life, nothing that was handed to me. I have to work for everything. And then getting to campus and seeing how much love this dude have around us. Like, it was like, no matter what he had going on, when he walk in the gym, we are his crew. Like, he would legit walk in the locker room, sit next to us and, and ask us, what y'all doing today? Well, none of your business, mind your business. <laughs> but but the conversation we had, like the, the, little, the little things that him walking past the locker room, us sitting there, me sitting there, he would look at me straight up, then I'll punch you in your face and just walk away. I'm like, what? I wish you would try, but you know that. The relationship, the bond, we were all cool, but then he also made us understand his business. Like when you're on the court, this has got to be your life. You got to you gotta want to, the way he talks to you, the, the bond he had for you. Coach Cooley used to make us want to get on the court and literally, literally want to put your foot in somebody's face, right? You'd be so juiced up to play for the dude and don't want to let him down. <laughs> and the relationship is cool because even after I left school, like every time I come home in the summer, you know, gives me a hug. He asks me how I'm doing, how my season went, how it's going, like coaches over there, you know, or going on. I can use the facility whenever, you know, and it's just it's just an honor because I know a lot of other schools do that when players leave. It's like, oh, hello, hi, but right, you know, right. but you know, he just he's a cool guy. We interact sometimes here and there on on, on Twitter. And him winning the the awards, man, he deserved it. He should have been one that you know, you know. But uh, he's a great guy. And Providence is coolie. That's what I say. Like the school, the city is is coolie. Like. And it's an amazing story that being from there, going through what he went through, to basically be the city hero is like, you know, it's that great. And I just always pray for much success. And I also applaud him for, you know, letting, putting Ladante on the staff. You know, that's, 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 that's huge. And, Amen. Um, that's, that's big time, man. You know, letting Buck learn and, you know, learning all this. I mean, it's one of my dreams to also coach something. Would it be Providence? I would love it, but it is what it is. And right now, like having my best friend in already in the doorway, doing what, you know, maybe when I retire, I aspire to do, I can learn from him mm -hmm. and you never know. He might be Providence head coach, hire me as an assistant, but. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, Coach Cooley, the, the bond is, 
tough. He's a he's a he's a cool guy. And one thing, if if any new recruits, uh, all the players want to know, like he is tough. Like he gonna give you that tough love, you know. He gonna, but but he don't he don't breed. I'm not gonna say the p word, but he don't breed no chicken. Like, yep. You, you better you better come with it. So, mm-hmm. And I like that, and I, and I took a lot of that, and with me being a pro, right now, because because what his relationship, how I went through, how 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 he nurtured me to become not only a basketball player but a man. Let's talk about some of the guys you enjoyed playing against the most, where you knew you were going to get after him, and some of the guys that maybe you're like, damn, it's like. I don't like, you know, I don't really want to play against this guy. Like he'd be fouling me, like he'd be acting weird, like, <laughs> you know. Um, first of all, number one was um uh my very good friend of mine, Angel. The one that won the beat. Angel Delgado. Yep. He won over me. And that's a very good friend of mine. We played AU together. Like we was cool. All the crew, we was all cool. Yep. Um, so it was always a beef. When I see him, it was like, man, they give you something that I, that don't belong to you. So I be doing him crazy. Uh, him, I like playing against him. I like, uh, obviously, when I had to go against Ellenson, I, I loved it because, you know, he's, he was projected lottery and there's nothing more than show them that, man, that lottery is, yeah, whatever. You know, like, that. And who did I hate playing against? Uh, I hate it. I didn't hate it. I like I like playing against Villanova because they were throwing all types of defenders at me. Like two possessions, they would have Reynolds on me, and then they would have Daniel on me, and then they would have uh, Jenkins on me, and then they would have Mikel on me. I'm like, y'all don't know what y'all want to do. But have you not noticed? None of them was stopping me, so it was. That was cool. That was that was that was that was a little tough over there, and uh, it was crazy. I hated playing against uh, uh, JP McCare from oh. Xavier. Oh, that's a good but one. But the funny thing is, we played against each other in in Italy in Milan. Oh, really? Like we yeah we we was cool. Uh, we <laughs> is talk, he a nice guy? A lot. <laughs> As of now, well, I was I, we we cool. So he he was like. I was telling them like, yeah, you know, he could go, like he could play. And he was like, man, I was telling my coach, like, he said, my coach basically saying, we shouldn't let you catch the ball in the post because if we do, either double or just automatic bucket. And I'm like, yeah, we grew, we grew a little relationship, you know, we, um, we had a, we played them in the cup final, Italian cup final, beat them, won the cup. Um, they didn't make it to the finals in the in the championship, but yeah, it was cool. Him and basically everybody. Oh, I hated playing against uh, Stimmage from Dupont, the guy yep. that I got that got me hurt when I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, made my my ankle. I had just cause he hurt me, made me. That was that's another thing about me that it made tick me off of people. So it was like, man, you got me hurt. I'm gonna kill you every time. So yeah, it was, it was like. But besides that, I was I was in a zone where I felt like if 
you on the court, I felt like, man, I'm the best player on here. You cannot guard me in my position. Man, you, you can't guard me no matter what you want to do. So um, it's if I miss a shot, it's I miss. You did not stop. So it was, it was like that. But I had – and I hated, I hated playing against Chris Dunn at practice. A lot of people didn't know, but me and Chris used to go at it at practice. It was to the point where a coach has to put the five five together because we would, we would like, you know, the uh, the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. I'll always be our coach. Be like, yeah, first I'm like, no, 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 no. I won't be on the other team because I want to go against him. And our competitive edge is just that's what we do. Just competitive. Let's talk. I mean, we were talking about this before we were recording, like the Marquette game, like we typically don't play well on the road at Marquette. It's a thing. I don't know if it's like, like think about all the places in the cool area. Did they win last game? They they did win the last game. It's, 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 it's it's a, it's a thing, right? So it's like, you know, we, we had the back pad, you know, these overtime games. I mean, there was the game, AJ hit that big three in a recent game um, in, in, in the recent years, but there's something about playing at Marquette. That's really tough. Right. You when you balled out like like the Marquette, I call it like the Marquette game, right? I think about like two of your best performances all the time. I think about that game and the Butler Big East tournament. Like, what does it feel like when you're just like when you're in that 30 to 40 point mindset in college basketball where you're literally playing 40 minutes? Well, that Marquette game, I don't know if you knew, but I was basically playing on one ankle because that was the game after I was hurt from DePaul. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit out. I got out of the ball game. So I was basically like, am I going to be able to play? Am I going to be able to play? Am I going to be able to play? And when I came out there and I saw all those scouts, God, sham God, came up to me. I was like, you see all those people over there? They are all scouts. They are here to see Chris and Ellison. And I'm like, I want them to see my boy Chris for sure. But Ellison, that ain't it. So I was like, man, there ain't no other way but to show it. So it was just like, he can't guard me. That's, that's what I was trying to prove. And, and I wanted to win because I know we had him won over there so bad. And then he just came short, especially when Chris fouled out. And it was like, oh, man, that was now it's like I really have to carry. And. I, I think I tried. I did my. I tried my my hardest. It just came short. Two overtime, too. Yeah, but I think two overtime. Yeah, but you were. I mean, I mean, I've seen again. I've seen a lot of inside out fours that we've had through the years, right? Right. Like that is kind of a coolie staple. But even it's it's a Providence staple because typically, like in in our offenses, we'd have good point guards and good inside-out guys. Where you were at in your inside-out game in 2015, 2016, did you even think that that was possible in terms of, because you were a back-to-the-basket guy who could finish with thunderous dunks, had good post moves, but then you're out here taking threes, you know, like a guard. Like, like was that part of the plan? Um, I could always shoot the ball. And, and for somebody like Coach Blaney, I always, Coach Blaney really made me believe that because in that summer when I came, I don't know, but that, that summer, going to my sophomore year, when we all went home, all the basketball players went home, I came back two weeks earlier before everybody was supposed to report. And uh, Chris was back too. So um, we was working and I was shooting and he was like, and then Cooley talked to me about 
how do I feel about, you know, playing the five sometimes? And I'm like, coach, as long as I'm out there, you know, like helping the team, he was like, because it's going to be a good mismatch. You can guard the fives, but they can't guard you. So I'm like, I mean, I could guard one through five, so it's fine, you know? And so then me and Rodney can be on the court at the same time. I was like, it makes sense. I know I can shoot the ball, but it was, it was more of confidence, you know, confidence to the point where I believed so much in, in my shot to where I'm like, if you leave me open, you're crazy. But, um, yeah, the shots was, as you said, everybody was so caught up on me playing back to the basket. Uh, for, for that to happen, I have to, I'm, I'm supposed to have a shot, you know, and then that opens up a lot of stuff. All right. We got to, we got to unfortunately talk about the Villanova call. Oh my god! I mean, oh god. Madison Square Garden, hands were directly up in the air. They were facing God. They were literally towards the sky. We all saw it. Like, what was that feeling like in the moment? Man, I don't know. I felt like every single adrenaline energy. I don't know. Whatever I had in me just went away. And the funny thing is the next, that summer going to the sophomore year, you know how the refs have uh, uh, the conference in Providence. The ref that made that call, he apologized to me. He should have. He walked up to me and he told me if it was the other way, he would have probably called it too, but it wasn't a foul. He should have just let it go. I'm like, yo, at that time, you shouldn't have called it. I did not do anything. I knew exactly what he was going to do. I forced him right because I knew exactly what he was going to do. He was like, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and that game just made me so mad for some reason. I don't know. It was just, I just felt like a, cha- a championship, a championship was robbed from me. That was, that was it because everybody even can't say like, uh, Darren Hillard. Hillard plays out here in Maccabi. We just played against each other. And, you know, very good friends of mine. And we always, he, every time he sees me, he brings it up. And he talked about, man, that game, everybody said that was a championship game. Because I think they destroyed Xavier or something like that. They, they did, yeah. It, it was like whoever was getting through that game was winning. Yeah. And, and yeah, so. it just, just felt like they got a little extra love in that play that we just wouldn't Man, get. man. That play, that's, that's a, oof. That would be my forever backbone in Providence. Oh, man. That, that, that hurt. Yeah. But you guys did get that USC win. Let's talk about the USC win and then, unfortunately, the UNC loss, which, you know, foul trouble was just a different type of game. But let's talk about that that USC win first. Like, they're a good team. They were, they were a great team. They was a great team. And to be on that stage and everybody performing and – it was good. It was, it was great, like, to get that win. It was it was so great for me to at least have an NCAA win under my belt, you know? And uh, as you said, foul trouble and with the North Carolina game. But the USC game, oh, man, it was, we were so in that zone. And, and when Coach drew the last play, when Coach drew the last play, right, uh, I applaud Kyron Carter for this. Because Kyron was supposed to make the pass. Mm-hmm. And Kyron was like, I don't know. And Drew said, I got it. 
That was Drew, man. Like, what, like he, he was like that, right? I love Drew. I love <laughs> Drew. Drew said, I got it. So I had told Drew, I'm like, Drew, they're going to focus on me and Chris. Watch Rodney. He was like, all right. And when we ran that play, when I came off the screen, I saw Rodney wide open from the corner of my eye. I'm like, please see it. And then Drew made that pass for that. Layer. I was like, oh God. I was like so excited. Like, man. I was uh, I think that the play of the game was Drew Fast. It wasn't even Rodney's bucket. It was Drew Fast. Was like Drew's how, pass. how he really just was looking at me when Chris was he looking at me and they made that pass that quick. I was like, man, he he should be remembered for that pass. But and then the UNC with you know with the foul trouble. Oh man. I don't know. I just felt like they didn't they didn't, they didn't want us to I don't know. Those were those were the teams too like, you know, they recruited me out of high school and I didn't go there. So I don't know. To me, it was, it was like, man, y'all don't have, y'all don't have solid bigs. Like, your bigs is just rebounding. Like, it was more to my game than all of this. Like, mm-hmm. so that, I don't know if you ever watched the highlights, but I was talking to the big bench. <laughs> so I was like, uh, but yeah, that 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 loss, that loss hurt. That loss hurt, and and it hurt not. Just for the team, but it, it hurt for it hurt me because of Chris for him to go out like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because you guys were going hard in that game. You guys were going real hard. You could tell how much you wanted it. It just, it just. I Man. mean, why do we always end up playing UNC? Why? It's just like we played well, USC I, I, all these years. USC in Carolina. It's insane. It's insane. But. Um... It is what it is, you know. It had a good time, a good memory. Had a good time with the guys. Um, I was just, you know, we had a good year. We had a great year. Great. Mm-hmm. great shout, year. Sh- shout out, shout out, Drewski. Like, like in terms of Drewski, that, like my baby, <laughs> Drewski, my baby, man. Drew, Drew was the guy. Drew was the guy. I love he, Drew. I love. He's a, Drew. He's a clutch I loved, player. I loved his. I loved his. His energy is freshman year. He walked in and he told Coach, I want to guard Chris. I looked at him like. <laughs> boy, he's, got, he's about to get eaten up. <laughs> I'm like, but man, Chris was eating him up. But, but Drew yeah. never backed down. It made me, that's, that's why he, he was, in his class, he was one of the freshmen that was also playing a lot. Yeah, he was, he was, he, he was, he was a tough clutch player. All right, let's talk about. Your decision to declare, getting drafted by the Boston Celtics, literally an hour up north. Let's talk about that whole process. Uh, so, uh, I, I think, I don't know if you had read, but it took me a while before I let people know why I left. But I personally didn't want to leave school because I knew I was going to come back. Uh, but my mom wasn't in a very good place. My mom was in a good situation. The house he was living in was basically then you're falling down on her. So it was, it was like, I had no any other option. You know, it's like, you, you, you gotta, you gotta be a man. And 
And our, our per diem school was giving it wasn't enough. Like I, I had to move my mom out of this building that we was living in. So I wasn't even thinking about MBA or nothing. I just wanted to be a pro somewhere and get paid whatever as much, you know, so I could just send it to my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I personally, I personally wanted to come back to school, and I wanted to have a good time. And and you know, uh, I didn't tell anybody about that, what I was going through at that time. But um, some some part of me sometimes miss school. You know, I miss I miss everything about it. Miss leading the team, miss playing at the dunk in front of the crowd, miss playing for Coach Cooley. Um, but but I felt like, as I said, I was I've been on my own since I was twelve. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, man, it's time to put your big boy pants on and, and become a man. You gotta take care of your mom because that woman sacrificed so much to, for where I'm at, and me putting my little selfish need of wanting to come back to school and join school, all of that wasn't an option. And then she didn't, she didn't know. I explained it to her later, you know, and she was like, why did you do it? I'm like, mom, I, I had to, like, you know, you did so much for me. I had to, so that's, that's one of the reasons why I declared. And um, being drafted to Boston was like, unbelievable. I mean, Boston loved me. Brad told me straight up like, I love you. I would love for you to be here. But in my position, we had so many players in my position. So yeah. it was like cool. And I was like, um, and my in my mind, yes, the league was I wasn't even expected to be there. From where I'm from and all of that, I wasn't expected to be there. So Yeah, but you made was, history. Yeah, but in my in my head, I just I just wanted to be able to take care of my mom. So like, a lot of people don't know. When I got my first paycheck, literally, I kept like 20K and sent everything to my mom. Got my mom a house, everything. Like, I had to make sure she was good, you know? And uh, that experience made me uh, grow a lot. And, and sometimes, like, when me and my boys, like, we talk, we, we christen them. Sometimes we sit down and be like, yo, what if I had come back from my sophomore year, uh, junior year? And they all be like, you that went crazy. I'm like, I know, but but then all they also tell me, man, everything happens for a reason. You are who you are now because of you know what you did and what you left, and and now I'm 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 a pro and building my own legacy, and I'm I'm in a position where I feel like I'm, I'm doing really great for myself. So. Oh yeah, where I'm from to, to to where I'm at now is like, man, I'm a pro, winning championships. I'm highly respected in Europe. I'm cool, so like I'm good. My mom is in a good place. I can wake up and at least put food on the table. That's awesome. Myself, um, still people, thousands, thousands of people going arenas to come see me. So this is just still playing ball. You know, drink up to and. You know, to get drafted by the Boston Celtics, you know, one of the best NBA franchises, you know, to make history, you know, and then you had the experience with Sham on the Mavericks, oh, which, man. which to me that was like that was like whoa, what a I was unbelievable, unbelievable, man. Immediately I got to Dallas, I called his phone. What the hell you at? 
but Hashem God really uh, also one of the people that transitioned my game that that summer going to my sophomore year, man. Endless amount of time in the gym, like five thirty in the morning workouts before classes, um, late night workouts before I even go out. Like I'd be like, yeah, me and the boys gonna go out. Like, what time y'all going out? We gonna go out like eleven thirty. He'd be like, all right, we in the gym at ten. I'll go in the gym, work out with him, and then go shower. And sometimes I'd be so tired when we go out. But he was he was instilling that confidence. He was giving me the little things in the post work and, and how to do. a lot of people didn't know in the games when he was on the bench, he used to tell me what to do. And he'd be like, yo, they playing you this way, do this, and it's gonna work. Him and uh Yorel Hawkins. Uh Yorel too Hawk. plays a Hawk played a big part of that. And Hawk still does because Hawk is my trainer, my trainer went down when we home. And you know, he's doing great, man. He's 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 helping a lot of kids right now. He's cool guy. He's a guy, yeah. He's a guy that I'm I'm always going to work with as long as I'm playing, you know. Like me and Chris, that's our trainer. We work with him every time we're home. And um he just knows the game, he knows what what it is, how to you watch my film and be like, okay, we, we can perfect this. You got to do this. I see you, you like to get the ball here. So let's work on how, you know, this. and then that goes a, that goes on a break. One thing I'm going to tell you though, I miss putting that black and white on, man. I, I miss putting that Providence jersey on. And, you know, I just used to walk around the city and see people with the number zero Providence jersey bent on their back. It was, it was like, you know, walking the mall and see people. It was it was just crazy. Your star, it's like like when you know, I was I was that kid, like, you know, I had the Ryan Gomes jersey the minute he came to Providence and we just I don't like like the most important things like you're growing up playing basketball in Rhode Island is like PC basketball, PC basketball camp, like you know, going to a game at the dunk, like it, it is just it's the whole stratosphere of the state. Yeah. Yeah, for real. That was that's an unbelievable experience. And and honestly, I thought after I had left and all of that, I thought like the PC fans and family was gonna like hate me because nobody knew the reason why I left, you know. And um the fact that I've left that long ago and I still get love when I'm in the city is 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 just it just plays a huge part. Like, you know, random just walking in, he'd be like, Yo, yo, you bet man, I used to love watching him, I appreciate it, you know, um, but that Providence will always hold a special place in my heart, like, ain't nothing you can do about, like, you know Hassan Martin, right? He, of course, he you are right. right. He's, he's my teammate mm-hmm. here now. And Pos- we had the Posse bet. the Great. Yeah, we, we had the bet, uh, the PC URI game, and we almost dubbed them by 20. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to he's supposed to actually wear this hoodie okay. and post it on his social media, PC over URI, and then I'm a tag URI basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get him good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get him. And we'd be in the locker room. Uh, we'd be in the locker room. I'm like, yo, make sure because there's a locker like face mine, and I'm like, make sure you look at greatness every time you look over this side. Okay, because he, I would walk in the gym with like my Providence t-shirt or hoodie on and people like, man, take it off. And I'm like, don't hate because you never beat us. 
do not hate because I walked in your gym and made you cry. Don't. But and, and you had uh, that late that last minute shot. Um, oh you man, are. I he he can't hear the end of it. But uh, you know he's a he's a great guy. He's a great friend of mine now. He always in my house now, and it always come down to he like oh, I always kill Providence. I'm like okay, did you ever win? <laughs> did you ever win? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like man, I killed. I'm like did you win? He did not. And I'm like last time I played y'all, I had a dub. I'm like, I had twenty. Y'all couldn't, I had 23 or 24. Y'all couldn't stop me, man. Like, and I hit game winner, but we we had that, that sort of like Providence hold that. And then the bond we have with guys that played that. Me and Cotton, me and Bryce. Bryce came back home. He was with me at the house with me all the time with his family. Uh, Marshawn, Marshawn takes me here and there. He would text me now and be like, I see you killing. Oh, I see. Like, you know, the, those guys just, it's just a bond, and it's like killers recognize killers. That's what you know, they know. Like, yeah, he was cold, but yeah, you cold too. Type. But those are Providence College is like, whew, I don't know, the best, best thing that happened to me. It's it's a it's a real bond, and and it's a real brand that people get around. And and obviously, Cooley has such a big part of that because he he he's the he's the glue that keeps it together. Man, um, that when they built that facility. And I first saw it, I'm like, man, only if we was here when this was built, they would have had to legit literally lock me out of it. Because Coach Blaney used to tell the security people not to let me in the gym. Because I was in the gym too much. <laughs> Night before games, he was like, you sweat too much. You're going to be cramping in the game. I'm like, nah, I'm going to be good. Don't worry. I just need to be right. But, you know. Just playing in the dunk, man. It's like, oh, man, I miss it. I miss it. Tell me about playing in the G League versus playing overseas versus playing it at the dunk. First of all, the G League was, it was fun. It was a bunch of pros. Like, it's, you're talking about NBA players. As oh, yeah. Say, you know, and uh, it was unbelievable. And, uh, a whole lot of learning experience, made great bonds, cooked a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, G League, G League was fun. G League was fun. Like, like what my boy Chris is doing right now is insane. They need to sign that man. But uh, I never bashed the G League. Like, I feel like that's real life NBA players over there. That's you know working, and I had fun. I learned a lot from there and all of that. And then playing in the dunk, unbelievable. College, wild. But overseas, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the things there. They are wild. Like the fans here is unbelievable. Like, like in our home court, we can't bet, we can't hear ourselves. Like uh, referees will call a foul and we can't hear it. And it's like, it's unbelievable. And they're here, they're super passionate about their team. So, like, you you lose one game, it's like the end of the world. Like, they on your neck, social media, crazy fans, sending you crazy messages. Like, ask you, why did you lose? Why did you miss that shot? They're all of that. And then you win, and you're like, we love you. You are the man, you know. Oh. But... You just got to get through those, all those ups and downs and 
but overseas is like it's fun you know basketball has basketball has helped me go to america or whatever and get go to a college a prestige college and then also basketball is helping me travel around the world like where i never thought i would i would see like places that i never thought i would go and it's just unbelievable and playing against some of the best players in the world it's like you know playing the euroleague you know the euroleague is the nba euro so mm-hmm. it's like you're playing against the best of the best and every night you gotta you gotta bring it you're going against players that played in the league or could play in the league you know and it's just it's so much fun and to be respected as one of the best power forwards in the euroleague it's like it's like a big thing right because I know players like Meritage. Meritage always be like, man, oh, man I got to play against Dan. Like, because you know I'm going to bring it. Like, you know, so it's, you just you just get that respect. You know, like coaches respect you. You know, teams respect you. Like, you're going to have to double him in the post. You can't let him catch the ball in the post type stuff. So it's like, like Europe is crazy. It's fun, but it's not. Overseas is not for everybody, because you know there's there's been a lot of guys that came overseas that didn't succeed and, and end up going back. It's a it's a tough grind. You got to be mentally in there because it's a it's a very cutthroat. Like when they they just want you to perform, and if you don't, they on to the next person. You know they they, they quick to cut you and, and all of that. So for you to like, you just got to come in and perform, and you know connect with the people, connect with the fans. And coach them and just help your team win because out here it's not about going out there and scoring 30. Um, like you can score six points in a game and you had to then you had a great game because you scored six points, you had like five rebounds, five, six deflections, you was everywhere playing defense. That's all that matters, you know, and y'all, y'all winning. And it's all a matter of winning. And, Overseas has been unbelievable, and I'm seeing all these places, all these different cultures, different foods, different languages, um, and it just it's unbelievable to me right now. And and just being able to be overseas and then come home in the summer to see my boys and have stories to tell, and you know, then call me on Facetime, you know, let me see you around, let me see where you, let me see your apartment, let me see what you got going on, you know, what you're driving out there, you know, all of that. Uh, good, it's good for me. Like I know Chris and I are talking about. I know Ladante coming uh, in May. He's gonna come visit me, and uh, right now I think Chris is trying to see if during this All Star break if he can pull up on me. But it's unbelievable. Yeah, traveling the world, playing the game of basketball. It's a, it's, 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 it's a great story, and I think it's a great segue to say like. You know, what do you what do you have for the Friar fans? What are some final thoughts? You know, this has been an amazing conversation. I had no doubts that it was going to be. But, you know, what are some things you just want to you want to tell the fans? One thing I want to tell the fans is I miss them. And I wish, like, I could come home for a game during the season, you know, and then and feel that energy one more time. I don't get, know, I get a lot of love. The, I might run on the court with the guys. You know, man, I would be so hyped up. <laughs> But uh, I also want to say thank you to the Friar fans for always showing me love. 
And also for, you know, showing me and my boys love and bringing back my boy LaDante and showing him the love with the success he's having. And, uh, and I miss them. And they should keep on cheering the boys on because them boys are special. And uh, I can't wait. And any recruit that I ever gets to, you know, get a thing, uh, an offer from Providence, they better jump on it because, man, that school changed my life, uh, changed my basketball career and, and, and change who who I am now and the man that I have become. And, you know, some days everybody everybody going to leave their legacies behind. And hopefully I've left a little bit in Providence. Oh, my God. You left a lot, man. I'm telling you, one of the best inside-out bigs I've ever, I've ever seen. And it's crazy because just like LaDante, like, I saw you evolve. Like, like you know, you, yeah. you, you, you know, when you came in as a true freshman, you know, you had – the back to the basket, your, you know, your good post moves. And then it just, you, you became this like all encompassing, you know, just, just problem on the court, like for, for guys to handle. And it was really, it was That's really what cool. I like. That's what I like. I always wanted to be a problem. Like, Oh God, I have to play against it. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I still carry on my, on my shoulder now. Like, Oh, we about to play. Oh, I got to play against Ben. Yep. Be the problem. It was real. And that, and especially that, you know, that 2015, 2016 season, man, that you had some really, really special games. And I, I know, man, I know, I know you like that, that Madison Square Garden Butler game. I was, I was pretty pissed about that game actually. Uh, because I had, you know, I had the chance to I think break, break the record. I mm-hmm. become the record holder. I had two more points but my ankle was in so much pain. And Coach Kula, I'm like, Coach, I could go one more. He was like, nope, we have a game tomorrow. Sit your butt down. (laughs) I came out and sit down like, it's like 2.45 left. Like, come on, I could just get one more bucket. You tried, you did. Because he had tried to run the play for me to get it. And on my way to that, I tweaked my ankle again. And he was like, nope. I am not having this, and, and but that game, oh my god! Sometimes I just legit uh, watch highlight of it. Like it was just, it was just unbelievable. And then Chris, a lot of people have no idea when uh, Chris looked me straight up. Coach Cooley, um, you called a timeout, and. Uh, this was the second time this had happened. The first time we played Marquette at home. And I think we was down like 14, and I had just scored like eight in a row or something like that. But then they called the timeout. And then Coach asked, well, you all want to run? That's one thing I loved about Cooley. And he was like, what y'all see out? What y'all want to run? And Chris go, nothing. Give the ball to Ben. Like, well, I'm like, cool. So, but then they're matching the garden. We come down, they call a timeout. Um, Coach go, we was gonna run something. And then Chris was like, no, 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 no. We going five, five blasts. I'm like, yeah, it was five blasts. We going five blasts. And then they came out with a different, it was a TV timeout, I think. And then they came out with a different lineup. So I ran down into the five blasts. I was supposed to like go up to the screen and like short pop. But then Chris saw who was guarding me and he was, he waved 
Kyrie through. Get out of there. Get out of there. <laughs> just get the, just get the ball. And uh, it was like Chris was looking straight at me like, dude, like they can't. This is unbelievable. And I'm like, hey man, it's just and I was I was just in the zone. Like my family's was there, my teammate was like, and and it was I was a leader, you know, and it was like my teammates like believe that now nah, we're going to give you the ball and you make it happen. So that, but I was still, you know, I think I, I tied the, the, what, the scoring, whatever. Mm-hmm. I tied it, 38, man, I wanted that, I wanted that, that, that record. <laughs> but we ended up winning and all of that. But yeah, that's, that's one, one of them special games. It was a lot of special games, a lot of special memories. Now, like you said, you got your brother here on the bench in Friartown. You know, we have, you know, you have Chris always coming back. You have your crew just always comes back and shows love and is a part of the community. Like hey, we can't we can't stay out of Providence. We can't stay out of it. Like every time we have to be there. Like, you know, and, and then now that now it's even gonna be automatic because my brother and the doctor lives there now. So it's like I'm gonna have to come there and see him and <laughs> and then work out. Over there and see the guys. You know, I like to see the new players or the returning players. Let them see us. You know, work out with them, play with them, and you know, I, I love when the young players talk about, yeah, you can guard me or that, and I just look at them like, man, yeah, no idea. <laughs> if I was when I was here, if you he was here, you, I would probably make you hate basketball, but. Uh, and I love it because somebody like, for example, Coach Blaney. Oh man, Coach Blaney always tell them straight up, "You can't, you know, no, you can't, you can't." <laughs> don't, 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 don't say that to yourself. Man, it was different. Uh, but yeah, but I had, I had a great time. Man. I had a great time with PC. We we can't thank you enough for the memories. I'm really looking forward to that game where you come home and you get that big, you get that big applause. Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait for that! I can't wait! I can't wait to get out there. Just I don't know. I I pay for get a course out myself. Just just cause I wanted to be on the court and somebody get a dunk or something. I might run out there with her, like <laughs> you know, because that energy is still there. I it ain't changed, but um yeah, I miss it. I miss I miss the dunk. They changed the name, right? Yeah, it's called the amp now. <laughs> the amp. It's yeah, gonna like, be the dunk for me. It's gonna be the dunk for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played in the dunk. I ain't playing the imp, whatever the, they're calling it. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be the dunk for me, but um, yeah, I had a good time there. Well, we can't thank you enough for chopping it up with us. It was an awesome interview. You're a great guy. You're you're, you're a fryer all time great, and, and and somebody that like we can always look back on and be like, damn, that man put on the black and white. I know. I appreciate it for having me and. You know, I'm always bleed that black and white. It ain't gonna take that away from me. You know, I think uh, thank you for this opportunity. You know, get back with the fans and you know interact and you know see what's going on and tell you a little bit about my life. So appreciate it, man. Of course, man. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 27 of the Friar Podcast, and of course, a special thank you to our guest the pride of Ghana and former PC great Ben Bentel. As always, you can find us on social media at the Friar podcast on Twitter and at the Friar podcast on Instagram. We'll be back in the coming weeks. And as always go Friars.